You were listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 148. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. As always, honor and a privilege to have you here again. Today, we're talking about the physical body, your physical state. What is the state of your physical body? What are you doing when it comes to maintaining a healthy level of activity? Now, for my middle school and high school listeners, yes, I get it. You all are probably pretty active. There's a lot going on, right? Especially, um, I remember high school, I wasn't even in sports, and I was still so active. I'd leave school. I'd go play a little basketball. I'd go to a glee club. I'd go to a friend's house. We'd toss the football around in the background, background, backyard. And we were just around so many people that were just, we were who we were. We were doing the things we did. We were all friends, and this is just how our life was being led. Now, you go off to college, and now you might be, you know, hanging out with a bunch of people in your dorm. You might be in the Greek system. You know, you might be uh, joining clubs. You definitely have opportunities to do intramurals. No matter how bad you might be at a sport, there is an intramural team that is more than happy to have you sign up for them and go out and throw around the football. I know we played intramural footballs and we were on for my fraternity, the Sigma Phi Epsilon. We were on the Bones team, which was like the worst players in the house. And I was on a lot of Bones teams. Bones for football, Bones for basketball, Bones for soccer, Bones for handball. I mean, I'd join any team just because I just wanted to go out and hang out with my brothers. And it gave me a chance to not be at the house, sitting around on the wall, drinking, you know, uh, screwdrivers at, you know, six o'clock at night. And so I really enjoyed doing the intramurals, but I wasn't great at any of these sports and my teammates were also not. Um, so ironically, or not so ironically, I suppose, most of the guys I hung out with were the ones who were also on the Bones teams because we were not necessarily that athletically inclined. And so we joined them and it was a blast and it was a hoot, but I know we would go up against um, other fraternity teams where it was clear that these guys all played high school football. And I mean, it was just very obvious. <laughs> And it wasn't just their muscles. It was just their, their ability to just know how to play football more than just having watched it a lot. And we would just get housed. And they would be all egotistical about it. And we were sitting over here like, dudes, <laughs> you played more football in one fall than I've played in my entire life. Like, simmer down. We are the Bones team. We are the sixth-ranked team in our house. Like, why don't you go play our first-ranked team where we have three guys who are Mr. Football of their states. So have fun with that. But what's enjoyable about doing those kind of things is it gets you active. It's out there, and when people are active with one another, there's a certain kind of bonding that takes place that occurs when people are being physically active versus just sitting at a table having intellectual conversations or silly little conversations or studying together. So what are you doing with your physical body? How are you being mindful of what it is that you can be doing? Now, I covered some of this when we discussed your class flow 
um, last week. And one of the reasons I brought these both together, and in a way we could bring morning routines into this as well, is that your morning routine could be built up about around going to the gym. I know a lot of people like me who like to do something physically active as soon as they wake up. So they'll go straight to the gym. Now, I don't do that. I like mine to be in the middle of the afternoon to break up the monotony of my workday because I do a majority of my work from home. So getting up and getting some steps when I first wake up, you know, I'll walk with my girlfriend for 30, 45 minutes just to get some physical movement. Plus, like I said last week, about every 10 minutes is a thousand steps. So it roughly takes about 15 to 20 minutes for the average person to walk a mile. So if you want to get 10,000 steps, you're walking roughly about five to six miles a day. Now, I get some of my steps pacing back and forth while I shoot podcasts. I'm a huge proponent for what I call the cell phone walk and talk. So as soon as the cell phone rings, I immediately get up and uh, put on my earbuds and put on my shoes and go outside and start walking. Because if I'm sitting down at my desk, then I initially want to get on my computer and, and check email, you know, cleaning out my inboxes while I'm watching, you know, a YouTube video uh, that I don't care about, or I'm taking a course that's, that I, it's just sort of like, well, I don't really need to pay attention to it. I already know I'm going to get a good grade on something, um, or I'm in a workshop, or you know, I'm on some sort of training where the person's just rambling and I'm bored. Yeah, that's going to cause me to get on there and check my email. And I'm not necessarily proud of that behavior because I am ignoring the primary reason I'm on the computer to in order to clean out an email inbox. But when someone calls me, I don't want to do that. I want to be 100% present in the phone call. And the way for me to do that is get off my computer, get up, go get some steps, put my phone in my back pocket. It counts my steps along with my Fitbit on my left wrist. And now I'm outside and I'll just sit there and I'll walk around the neighborhood. I'll walk for an hour because I want 10,000 steps a day. Because I want 10,000 steps a day, a lot of other behaviors I did not foresee changing changed. And let me explain what I mean by that. Because you think, what's 10,000 steps, dude? Fine, you just you go out and you get your 10,000 steps. It's really interesting to me how my perception of chores and my perception of like going to the store to get some groceries, like uh, my perception of going to the park to be out in nature, um, but really specifically like chores. So yesterday um, was the first day we hadn't had rain here in a while, and at least like a few days in northern Alabama. So it was the perfect day to mow the lawn. And I knew rain was coming up over these next few days. Now, some people might find mowing the lawn and weed eating and cleaning out the garage and, and you know, taking the recycles out and taking the garbage down to the, into the driveway to be annoying chores that they don't even really want to do. But for me, I need 10,000 steps. Because I need 10,000 steps every day, any opportunity to get a couple hundred is a couple hundred less I won't need at 11.59 p.m. And I have absolutely ended up outside in my neighborhood at 11.55 p.m. needing 600 steps before midnight. I have absolutely looked at my phone before I fall asleep and realized I'm only 300 steps away from 10,000 and gotten up and just paced back and forth in my living room for five minutes in order to knock out those 300 steps. Because getting 10,000 steps is that important to me. I set it as a goal. I made the commitment. And I'm not going to miss it. Right? If I notice that I'm at 5,000 at 7 p.m., then it's time to go out and get a couple 10, 15, 20-minute walking sessions in. 
or at least understand that when the girlfriend goes to bed, I'm going to end up outside doing a, you know, doing a 40 minute loop so I can get myself four or 5,000 steps in because I've made that commitment. What's cool is like when I had to go outside and mow the lawn yesterday or when, so we live in a, we have a mountain as a backyard. Um, and so it's like 10 feet away from the house. And then it's just like, Boop, starts going straight up like deer in the backyard and everything. Go to my social media at Jesse Mogul or at From Sobriety Recovery. And I post pictures of deer like every couple of days because I feed them. So they're out in my backyard, which is really just a mountain. And um, because of that, I there was a lot of leaves and I wanted the leaves on the forest floor right as my direct backyard cleaned up a little bit. It just it didn't like the way it looked. Nobody had raked it for three years, so it was a lot of leaves, and it was just was not to me visually appealing. Um, so for you know maybe fifty feet, seventy five feet back, I raked the whole backyard, and then I spent um, Saturday filling up this garbage can, and then taking them all the way back up into the higher parts of the woods. So I was walking like a hundred feet back from my house and dumping them um, into like a, this little creek and behind some trees and stuff. And I tell you all this because some people would be like, dude, that sounds like a st- stupid way to spend your day, raking a forest floor and moving the leaves 100 feet away from your house. Well, I can tell you right now, uh, my backyard, while it is all dirt because it's the forest floor, it looks super cool. And it doesn't look like it's got three years of leaves all stacked up on it so the vegetation's getting choked to death. And the little squirrels and everything can't even find the food they want because it's underneath a bunch of rotting leaves. Now, I'm not a forest ranger or a forester person, so I don't even know if what I did actually helped the squirrels or made their job harder. But if they really want the acorns or whatever I raked up, there's huge piles 100 feet back. (laughs) Come up there and get them. I wanted my forest floor clean. And again, the reason I'm telling you this is I did not find that two and a half hours I spent doing that annoying because I was raking up the leaves. I was taking huge handfuls and putting them in the garbage can. I was then picking up that garbage can and either dragging it up there or throwing it over my shoulder and walking it 100 feet up the mountain and then flipping it over and dumping it out into the creek, um, which is really just like this sort of dry I would call it a dry creek bed that only gets water in it whenever the storms really come hard. So I know the the water will just wash it all away. Anyways, anyways, it's nature. I can throw leaves wherever I want to throw them. The, the ground will figure it out. I saw it as an opportunity to be physically active. I saw it as an opportunity to sweat. I saw it as an opportunity to get steps while doing something that I really wanted to do, which was clean off my forest floor. 8,000 steps later, two and a half hours, of going up and down this mountain. And now it looks super cool back there. Still looks like a forest floor. just doesn't have three inches of leaves all black and rotting all over the forest floor, right? I already noticed a decline in the amount of bugs around the house. It was super beneficial. And I got 8,000 steps. So one of the things that getting 10,000 steps a day changed is no longer do I find um, getting up off the couch to go do something active, annoying. It's not like, oh, I'm enjoying my show. All right, girlfriend will be like, hey, would you mind going and get some steps by checking the mail? Would you mind going and get some steps by taking out the garbage? Would you mind going and get some steps by helping me clean out the garage? Okay, great. It might only be three, four, five hundred steps, but if you've ever done this 10,000 step a day kind of commitment, you know what it's like to find yourself 600 steps short at 11.37 p.m., and now you got to go off and get your six or 700 steps. Well, by 
actively seeking out ways to get myself a couple hundred steps here and there throughout the day, I guarantee that I have less steps to worry about when it comes to right at, right around midnight. Right? I'm seeking out ways to get three, four, five hundred, so I don't need those three, four, five hundred at midnight whenever I'm ready to call it a night. It's the same thing I do at the gym. Other people do their set and then they just sit there on the bench or sit there on the machine and wait for their one minute, two minute, three minutes of rest to go by. Next thing I know, I see them, they're playing on their phone. So now their two minutes of rest turn into eight minutes of rest, right? Which is way longer than the body wants. Now it's cooled off, right? Now, and then they go right back into the workout, but the body has been resting long enough that it's actually cooled down. So I don't sit down. I get done with my set and then I go walk this loop around the Planet Fitness two or three times. Each loop is 125 steps. So if I get two, then that's, you know, 250. If I get three loops, that's 375. And, you know, and I do that in between every single set and that's my two to three minutes of break. And so now then I walk straight over to the machine and I get right back into it. So now I call it active rest. So now I'm getting my steps and I'm getting my workout while guaranteeing that I don't allow my rest time to go over the predetermined allotted amount of time to rest. I have a timer on my iPhone like you all do. And whenever it says two and a half minutes, I walk back over to the machine or the bench and then right at the three minute mark, get right back into it. Again, I'm not a meathead. You can go to my social media and see me. I'm 6'3". Most times I'm barely pushing 172 pounds. I certainly am looking to put on more muscle, but the whole point of this isn't to be like rock hard, you know, chiseled body like I'm, you know, some Greek god. I'm, you know, I'm definitely not Joe Maginello from Magic Mike or anything, although I have done his workouts and I can absolutely understand how he's so huge. I don't have that kind of old muscle. I wasn't working out in high school. Right? People who worked out in high school, they have old muscle. This is what I call it whenever somebody worked out at a young age. They could, they could go years without working out, but the muscle was formed at a young age and it sort of cemented in. If you're not one of those people who has a bunch of old muscle that they can utilize, right? you weren't as active in high school, you're going to have a harder time putting on any kind of ma- major size in your 30s, 40s, and 50s and beyond. It can be done, but it won't be as easy as the people who solidified a stronger body when they were younger. And that's me. I don't have the strongest body. I didn't do a lot of working out when I was in high school. Definitely, bare- I mean, I'd go work out in college and then I'd go to the caf- school cafeteria and spend my allotted money for dinner on chili cheese dogs and Fritos. And then I'd go to the fraternity house and drink a 12-pack of beer. I was not doing myself any favors. You have more knowledge at your disposal now. You've got TikTok and Instagram and Reels and YouTube all showing you ways to be more active. Now the question is, are you actually doing that stuff? 10,000 steps a day is something that I use to give my day's structure. Right? It, It causes me to get up and move around. And it all started during the pandemic. Right? I was, you know, mid 160s, maybe high 160s when the pandemic started, and a year and a half in I was 193 pounds. It made me very upset. I'll never forget weighing myself. Um was it 20 the beginning of 2020? 2021. Yeah, beginning of 2021, I think. Um let me see. Hold on real fast. 
Yeah, I was able to do some quick math in my head. So the pandemic originally started in 2019 and around, right around February, March, right? And so um, then we got ourselves into 2020 and right at the beginning. So we were coming up on one year of the pandemic and I weighed myself and I was 193. And um, I don't know, I was messing around on my phone and somehow I clicked a button, like something, you know, some popped up on my phone and I clicked the button, not realizing that while I was trying to go to one app, it actually opened up YouTube and opened up a video that said how walking 10,000 steps a day consistently could help you lose um, up to a pound a week. And I didn't believe it. So I did it. I told myself for the month of February, I was going to walk 10,000 steps every single day and see what happened. And I lost six pounds. And I didn't change anything about my my nutrition strategy. I didn't change anything about the way I ate. All I did was I started getting more steps because I had been a waiter and five days a week I was walking around a restaurant. So I had a lot more activity, but we all got into a bit of lethargy during the pandemic. Uh, not all of us. I mean, Lauren jumps went off and learned how to become a professional trick roper. So clearly other people chose a different route, but I started off working out the first couple months and then I injured myself in May, May 9th of the beginning of the pandemic and I messed up my shoulder and my face and gave myself some nerve damage. I was at the beach and I pushed down on the front of my boogie board and the ocean water sucked me down to the bottom, which is about nine, 10 feet down and smashed my face on the bottom of the ocean. I uh, almost paralyzed myself, actually almost became a quadriplegic from that accident. And I was sober, of course, and I've been sober for years up to that point. Um, but all of a sudden, my right arm didn't work correctly. I had nerve damage in my neck. I, I couldn't I couldn't move like I normally did. So I stopped working out while that healed, and I started putting on weight. And I say all of this as a sign that you, you can go from being very lethargic, having not moved around and done much, and you can start to add in steps. And then a couple months of steps became me getting a Beachbody.com account and started doing some of their workouts in the loft of our apartment, very tiny area, but I made it work. And I started to notice muscles coming back. I started to release weight. And by my birthday, mind you, I started this right around February 1st. By June 15th, I went from 193 to 158 pounds. Now, for somebody 6'3", that was not the best weight for me, but I wanted to get back to my high school weight. So that's what I did. I was hundred high 150s when I graduated high school, and I told myself at 45 years old, I wanted to be my high school weight. So I achieved it. And now I float around the 172, 175 level, and I'm 46 years old. Now, for those of y'all out there who are way younger, you're going to have a different kind of metabolism. You're going to have different ways of doing this stuff. But the point I'm making in all of this is that no matter whether you think you're just 10 pounds more than you'd prefer or 150 pounds more than you'd prefer, simply adding in some steps right, will fire you up. And before you know it, the next thing you know, maybe you want to jump rope or maybe you just want to start doing some little ab exercises or maybe you are getting a Beachbody.com account um, you know, there's a there's lots of different apps that will guide you through sort of a classroom environment, and you could get yourself some Bowflex dumbbells. They're like ninety nine dollars or one hundred and fifty dollars at Costco or Walmart or on Amazon, right? And you can even there's dials that allow you to change the weight. I've got ones that go up to fifty two in my garage, right? It's not a super duper heavy. If you're trying to make massive chest, you definitely wouldn't do it with a fifty two pound weight if you were my experience level, but for your experience level, doing a chest press of 20 pounds might be challenging. Awesome. Then do it. 
Because in college, if you let your physical body start to suffer, especially if you drink a lot, play a lot of video games, and sit around a ton, you're going to start putting on weight. And weight might not seem like that big of a deal now, other than perhaps just the way society might look at you or the way your friends might look at you or the attractive level of the people you want to be attracted to. They start to look at you sideways. You know, I had plenty of friends in college who, you know, would, you know, drink beer all the time and, you know, had themselves a big old beer belly, but then they wanted to date women who were supermodels. I'm just like, you do realize that nothing about your body screams that you show any level of dedication in anything other than getting drunk. (laughs) Those girls are probably not going to want to hang out with you because of that behavior. It's not that you're overweight. It's how you're becoming overweight. (laughs) You eat cheeseburgers all the time and you drink vodka for breakfast. I I do the same thing. I'm not expecting much out of it. So I I mock myself and some of my friends because some of the things that we would want out of life, we weren't actually putting forth the effort. Right? Life is w- way more important than looks. Right? If if somebody wants to look at you sideways about your body weight, about the way that you look, right? Then that's on them. But if you are looking at the mirror at the way you look and then you are tearing yourself down and you're making yourself feel like crap about it and then that beating of yourself up, that tearing of yourself down makes you sad, it brings about depression and next thing you know, you're in the kitchen eating ice cream and eating cookies when you would rather be eating broccoli and getting 10,000 steps, you want to start to shift the way you talk to yourself. How you talk to yourself your emotional intelligence around your weight or your physical body or your looks, that will dictate more about how you walk through this world than how you are perceived by other people. I know plenty of people who would not show up on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue who walk around extremely confident because they talk to themselves as someone who deserves to be treated with love and respect and kindness. Whatever life you are living, is on you and more power to you. You live the life you want to live. But if you're looking in the mirror and you're not thrilled with who you're looking, who's looking back at you, you have so many opportunities to do something about it. On your college campus, there's more than likely a student fitness center. And there, I mean, University of Florida's was amazing. I couldn't even begin to tell you how amazing that gym was. And when my buddy Ryan took me there, I was blown away by how many different machines and how much cool stuff there was. I was blown away and I enjoyed it. And it got me to stop drinking so much. It actually caused me to quit my job as a bartender to focus on school. I got straight A's those two years, all because I started adding in physical development. I started to pay attention to my physical body. There is a structure going to the gym. There's a structure getting 10,000 steps. There is a structure being physically active will provide for your life. So many habits will begin to shift because you start paying attention to your physical health. Again, you're not doing this to appease somebody you want to love you. You're not doing this so society doesn't look at you side-eyed. You're not doing this for someone else because that's not going to fuel you long-term to continue it because you could just surround yourself by people who don't go to the gym. You could just surround yourself by people who do not care what their weight is. And that is whatever you want to do. I'm not, look, I'm not a proponent. uh, I'm not a proponent for, you know, burying yourself at the gym for 10 hours a day. I'm simply saying physical health is important. 
And if you're older, you're a non-traditional student out there, you might already have kids. You might even have grandkids. Can you run around with them? Can you go throw the ball with your dog and not get out of breath? Can you go upstairs without having to bend over and put your hands on your knees because you walked up one flight of stairs? What if something goes down and you need to be able to move quickly? Do you have the body that can even provide that level of endurance for you? So many people get hung up on the way they look as a means to um, edify themselves in other people's eyes. To look a certain way means you are a certain person. When people ask me why I put so much energy and attention into my physical body and physical state, they might be bringing, they might be projecting their own issues onto me by saying things like you're egotistical or you're narcissistic or you're obsessed or you're whatever. You, they can project their limiting beliefs around being physically active on me all they want. I just bounce them off. I'm made of rubber. You're made of glue. Like I don't even bother me because that's their own issues being projected at me because of something that's happened in their life. Maybe they were bullied and the person was muscular. So they think anybody who's muscular must be a bully. That is not true at all. I do all of this stuff because I want to make sure that I am healthy at 55 and 65 and 75 and 85. And I know for those of you out there who are 18 to 25, you might be thinking, whatever, old man, like I'm, I'm barely a quarter century year old. I got a picture of myself at a quarter of a century year old. I am in way better shape now than I was then. Way better shape. And that feels like yesterday, but it was 21 years ago. 21 years ago. So somebody was born the year I turned 25, and they are now legal to drink. And if they're not paying attention, then a 46-year-old's in better shape than they are at 21. I don't do it for the ego. I don't do it to have other people pat me on the back and tell me how uh, good shape I'm in. While those are certainly things that could become secondary gains out of the whole thing. What matters to me is that I am creating a body that will be able to last as long as my mind will. I hope my mind is sharp like a tack until I'm in my 120s. And if that's the case, if, if medicine and technology can allow our bodies to live longer, I want my body to be in the best shape it possibly can be. Because it's not going to stop saggy skin. It's not going to stop cell degenerations. It's not going to stop, like, like, aging is still going to be a thing. We're not going to get to look like we do at 15 or 20 or 25 when we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. It's it's not the way aging works. But at least I could be more like Jack LaLanne than John Candy. That matters to me. Not because of the ego but because of what can I physically do? I'd like to go skiing on my 65th birthday. I'd like to go tubing on my 70th birthday. I'd like to jump out of an airplane on my 80th birthday. And I want to make sure I'm in shape. So when those opportunities come around, I don't have to sit there and put my walker walker aside and say, no, I think I'll just sit on this bench. Why don't you guys go have fun? That it will not be my future. And I don't want it to be your future either. Start thinking about ways you can be more physically active in your life, building a workout routine, getting some steps, finding a hiking path on your campus, finding a walking trail, get yourself a dog. If you have a dog, take it for walks more often. Even if you don't want to take him to a dog park or take her to a dog park, take her somewhere where you can let her off the leash and you can throw a tennis ball. 
and go and have some fun and enjoy outside, enjoy Mother Nature, enjoy the world around us. Because being cooped up in a library all day is absolutely going to lead you to look back at your college experience and wonder, what else could I have done to really step into that experience, to really enjoy those moments at a deeper, more meaningful level? And 99 times out of 100, if you get your physical body involved, that will elicit and evoke that level of emotion and satisfaction in you. I can assure you, it simply is 10,000 steps away. And I know that sounds like a lot. So one minute a day, just add, just walk a thousand steps today. Just add a hundred more steps today. Just do something physically active for one minute today. And I promise you in six months, nothing will be the same. Everything will have changed all because you started right one minute today. That's my soapbox. I'll get off of it now. I just really, really, really want everyone to feel and be healthy because I'm telling you, the emotional shifts inside of you that come from knowing that you are physically active and you're doing your best by creating a body that your mind gets to feel comfortable walking around in, I'm telling you, it is a world of difference. When I first quit drinking, I was 233 pounds. I could barely go upstairs. I was always out of breath and I was having tightening in my left shoulder, which in my arm, which was an early sign of heart attack. And now I'm 172 pounds and I'm physically active. Again, this has so little to do with ego and everything to do with just feeling comfortable in my own body, feeling comfortable in my own skin. And any of this stuff and all of this stuff is achievable by you simply by starting today for one minute. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. I'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye.